The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. You know, have you noticed that there's not been a Tuesday in about a month? We went from Monday to Wednesday every... The last four weeks, for sure, we've gone from Monday to Wednesday. I get ready in the mornings. I put on my clean underwear and everything. And I think it's Tuesday, but it turns out it's Wednesday. So we haven't had it in a little bit. It has, yeah. Been very busy. Yeah, it's been insane. And uh, we think we're on right now, but we really don't know. (laughs) Because we've had tech issues a couple of times. I get upset at equipment. No. So, yeah. So telling a little story of myself. The first time that everybody recognized this, this has been going on for a long time, but, you know, we didn't have people in the office. And part of what we're talking about today is the second big problem in business, which is fulfillment. You start off with a marketing problem, you end fulfillment problem once you fix the marketing problem. And so as we began to scale the business, we had people coming in and I think it was Cynthia saw me taking a new printer to the trash can. And she's like, whoa, 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 that is true. You know, and, and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, "I'm, I'm throwing this away. It's right. like, why? It's like, well, it's not working. Right. Like, just go, you know, I, I don't have the patience. So all that to say, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. Somehow the, the cameras got saved. Who did that? None of the cameras will work. I was like, well, that's fine. Like, just take on the certain ways, just get new ones. That's right. And yeah. So we, I know now though, once, once we're in around technology within a half a mile, if something doesn't work exactly right, I start securing the cameras, the tripods. You know, most of it, we start securing all of that just to make sure. I mean, where is all the crap that used to be on this wall, on that table? Yeah, I mean, the my floor. I'm still trying to find my sand out. Everywhere. I remember that one time that one of the children of, 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 one, of one of the, our team members found a cell phone in, the, in a trash can in there and helped us fish it out and because... It had not done what you wanted it to do. I don't remember that. Just drop that thing in there. You know, you have to be decisive. And if something's not working, you got to get rid of it. That's exactly right. You know, cut the fat. That's the chat. Uh, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Tiger King. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, Tiger King. I, I've actually never seen this program. I don't watch television. Now, was that fella, did he kill his wife or did she kill him? I mean, what? what? Hope knows. I know. Hope knows. Oh, do you? Uh, we, have, we have someone in East Tennessee. I'm not going to say exactly where can't be tracked down. But, I mean, that's the skinny on her that, that she, she met her husband to a damn tiger and now still she didn't have a tiger available at the time, but she did kill him and he has never been found. She, I, we don't know that she killed him, but she'll tell you she did. And she's, well, that's, I think what we call a clue. It, it can be, but she also has eyebrows that are like a full six inches above her eyes. Ooh. They're not even where they're supposed to be. So if I, I were her, know, that kind of, Kills the credibility at that point. Well, if I was married to a woman that looked like that, I might just kill myself. That's right. If you ever, if we, next time we take a ride to East Tennessee, we'll stop by her store. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Great idea, Tim. Let's can, go right now. Get a can of 14 year old Vienas. Yeah. And she also sells hopped up liquor ish yeah. stuff in a bottle with no tag on it. 
Yeah, that's good. We, we had some of that at Mastermind. That's right. And 30-year-old gasoline. Yeah, which talking about East Tennessee, I think Kevin's headed to Loudoun. We had a, a foreclosure deal come in Friday afternoon. Sale day is tomorrow. So this is Tuesday, so Wednesday. So the auction is tomorrow. The auction's tomorrow. We got to send the wire by 2 p.m. So the home inspection's at 9.30. If that looks okay, then we'll close at noon, fire off the, the wire. Yeah. But it's like, we gotta, we've got to, to, to close. We've got to have the seller close and then get docs back to Nashville, which is about a two hour drive by 2 p.m. Central. So a whole lot has to go on and they may cancel the sale, but we can't rely on that. We can't rely on that. And, and even when we get back, we've got to get on the phone and we've got to let both that attorney's office and the, the mortgage company know that we have sent it and we can email or, or fax them the proof that yeah. we've sent the funds. The confirmation. Confirmation. And um, we've had probably a handful of houses that after we've done that, they still foreclosed. That's right. And so that's a fun time. Uh, this is when I realized sub two was not a problem with the bank. Whenever a bank foreclosed on me after I bought a property subject to and they had to deed the property back to me. Yes. Because they realized that they'd made a mistake because we'd reinstated the loan, but they deeded a property back to me subject to another person's loan. Yes. Knowing, knowing that the person they're deeding the house to is not on their mortgage. Correct. So they gave me a deal sometime. And I yes. appreciate that. Yeah. You know, so you know, we love the banks when they do what they're supposed to. So today we're talking about the two problems in business we talked last time many moons ago about the first problem, which is a marketing problem, that when you start in the business, you're really not sure how to create deal flow. Today, we're going to be talking about the second problem, which is fulfillment. And guys, most people remain in problem number one. You know, So if you're an investor, you've been in the business for any amount of time, if you can't create deal flow on a whim, then you really, you're stuck in problem number one. Right. Okay. Once that problem is solved, it very quickly spirals into problem number two. And so this is where it comes into how do we raise money, which is the first question that you start to try to figure out once you start to solve the marketing problem, right. it, it transitions over time. It's like a volume knob. You know, you turn one down, you turn one up. Uh, the problem becomes much less about how do we create deal flow? We're turning that down. Now it's how do we raise money? Right. You know, which is in part a deal structure issue and a, a negotiation issue. Right. For most people. That's right. Okay. But then it also comes down to you're going to start running into minor problems. Okay. They're very minor at first, but if left untreated, it, it's like, you know, a paper cut, then two paper cuts, really not a big deal, but you can die by a thousand paper cuts. I said four. Probably. Yeah. I'd say some, somewhere between four and seven. And so here's what we saw, you know, it was me and Tone. We were running, we had 39 houses at one time, just, <laughs> just me and you. And we were doing everything. We were paying bills, paying contractors, trying to keep some, uh, uh, grass to be cut on this. Now, so we had like 35 balls in the air and we would catch the, the two biggest one most of the time. And then we'd try to kick another one up to, to catch later. Yeah. That didn't work. No, we had the marketing problem solved. We just created a fulfillment problem yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So here's just a few things that you're going to start to see happen in your business. If you're beginning to have a fulfillment problem is you're going to start to forget about, did I put insurance on that house? Yeah. You start to get sided uh, by the city because you you haven't mowed grass on one. Yeah, grass is neat. You know, th this time of year, you know, we're in the well last day of February, and you know, looking at the seasonality of, of grass in the south. I mean, I, I love October when it starts to die off because it's such a pain. You know, we, we, 
there was a time when we had someone almost full time just getting grass cut, yep. you know, trying to manage that. But you start to see these minor problems, but then they escalate into much bigger problems, which is your days on market in terms of inventory, not on the market. So right. work in process inventory is, begins to go up and up and up. Right. Okay. Or, and that just makes your holding cost increase. Yeah. Interesting. You know, interest payments, you're not getting inventory finished quickly. And so we had a, an apprentice that's one of our seven figure people reach out to me, I don't know, maybe about, about a month ago. And we jumped on a call and her, her problem was, or what she thought her problem was, was, well, I can't get these owner finance houses sold. And so it's like, okay, let's look at the team. How does everything break down? And what we found was that she really didn't have a problem. She thought she needed to reduce price. I looked at every single, well, not out of 14. Some of the 14 were retail. Some were going to be held as rentals. But I looked at three or four specifically for owner finance. And I said, no, look, you're not overpriced. You just don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the labor behind getting these things done and to market so that you can be successful. You know, and the fun part, fun in part about the business is that it's always easier to buy than it is to sell. Okay. So even the past two, three years, which has been the, the toughest market possibly ever to buy equity in this country, hyper hot sellers market, very low inventory, really low rates in the past three or four years, we've been able to buy a lot of houses with deep, deep equity. And the reason for that is that it's always easier to, to buy than to sell. Because if we have 10 to 10 leads through search that are effective leads, then we on average buy one house. Well, it's always gonna take more than 10 to 15 buyers to create the sale. And so if you're looking at a company, you know, we have really two and a half people in acquisitions right now, and we have far, far more people on fulfillment in terms of getting stuff ready for market and then dealing with stuff on the market. And that's one thing that if you're weighted on one side too heavy, then you're going to cause a problem. Up. And people feel like their problem remains. Well, I can't buy equity, can't buy equity. That's quickly going to turn into a fulfillment problem, which is I have 39 houses sitting. I'm eating 75,000 a month in interest, yep. <laughs> something like that and holding costs. And, yeah. you know, it's like you have equity everywhere. But as David told me during that time, he said, Brad, your equity's turned against you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, talk about that a little bit more. I, well, let me just tell you the first time that Casey walked in the office and sat down with me and said, okay, I'm here to help. And I said, okay. And she said, so how many... How's, how many houses do we have right now? And I said, somewhere around 40. She said, okay, so we've done 40 this year. I said, no, <laughs> we have 40 right now. Sitting, just sitting there. She goes, I don't understand what you mean. And I said, well, some of them we're trying to rehab and, and a lot of them need to be owner finance. Mm -hmm. And who's doing that? Well, Brad <laughs> and, and nobody. Yeah, correct. You know, and nobody. But it, it, it is an issue. And people don't think either about when, like when they'll tell me on the front end, I'm getting a program and my, what I want to do is two a month from the beginning. I want to purchase equity in two, but I want to buy two houses a month. And I'm, I constantly try to say, you know, actually what you're asking is, I want to know what kind of equity you want to catch. Right. It doesn't matter how many houses you buy, what kind of equity you try to catch. Well, I want to do two houses worth of equity. <laughs> Okay. We're, we're missing the question. We're missing the question. So, but if you just buy one in January, you're going to have two then in February. Yeah. One's 30 days in the other one, you're just putting under contract. You haven't closed on either one of them yet. 
in March, you're going to close on the one you bought in January, probably. And you're going to have the one you bought in February. It's in process. And you're going to have the one you just put under contract in March. Right. And then in April, you're going to have the one you just closed on from January that you're starting to do something on. You're either putting on the market on your finance or you're going to start your rehab on it. The one you had in February, you're going to close on that month. But you got all that title work you're trying to work through. The one you bought in March is just getting started on all its title work. And by the time you get six months down the road, you sold your first one. If, well, if it's a, if it's a rehab, you're, you're got your first one on the market and you could have it ready to close. But if you got an owner finance, you could have closed it already your first one. And so I I think what, what, what they're not understanding is the role that fulfillment plays in this is so multifaceted and stacks one, one month after the next. And you really have to learn that process of, you know, that checklist that happens monthly and it's not all the time monthly. Right. You can't just say it's going to work like this because they have a life of their own. That's a hundred percent true. And one of the things that I really caution people against is making monthly goals in the business unless their input goals, not output. So not the outcome, but what am I, what am I going to do? Because the cycle of the real estate transaction is such a long cycle, mm-hmm. you know, that you, know, you, you get a property under contract, you have an escrow period and then you close and then you have a, a fulfillment period and then you get it back on the market and this working period and then escrow and the closing again. And so during that time from, from purchase to sale or from contract to sale can be three or four months easy, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's really tough to say, well, I'm going to buy and sell a house this month. Mm-hmm. Well, you may have some inputs. Right. And then it also comes down to, if we look at the fulfillment of the marketing side, if we have 20 leads that come in, I mean, that's optimistic or I'm really pessimistic, I should say that really should be 10 to 15, but let's say it's 20 leads come in. Out of those 20, I'll probably talk to 12 or 13. There will be eight that we never get in contact with at all. And then we buy one house. So out of 12 conversations, which take 10 minute triages, that's two hours. And then say a 40, that's three hours of talk time. You've bought the equity position. Well, it's going to take far more than three hours to get that, that disboed out, mm-hmm. you know? So I think a lot of people will miss that. And you're inspoing in before you start dispoing out. I know I just made a new word up there, the old inspo. But I mean, talk to me about that. Well, I mean, really, there's so much involved in the purchase on the front end of that property. Yeah. And when I say so much, I, I don't mean for it to sound like it's overwhelming. It's not at all. But so many times I feel like we're trying to scale our our out what, what we've got going out before we actually scale inside our own minds the process from the beginning. Yeah. And it's, it's so important that it, I feel like it usually takes three times of doing the same thing over and over again before it becomes part of our internal thinking. And so going through that three month process of of a house coming in and getting it ready to whatever it's going to be on the way. Yeah. I feel like that process needs to happen three times before it's just in our thinking process. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. The first two deals I ever did, I, I, have no idea how I pulled off. And after it was over, I almost didn't understand what I even did. I just was doing the next. So, but it, it gets to where it's easy. Yeah. I find that we, we, we tend to start putting up our, putting up our pictures and putting up our, our Facebook new memes we have about success a little early because we capture our equity and we've not processed one property. yet. Yeah. Well, and, and I have that, not, not that specifically because I'm pretty to myself, but I feel 
excited when I, I get the contract and we close. To me, the sale is just kind of a means to an end. I don't get excited that. Right. You know, for me, I get excited about the purchase. For me, it's about the hunt and the kill. Yeah. You know, so. But, well, you capture your, I mean, that's one of the things that's so different about what we're doing is we ca we're capturing our equity on the front end. We're not depending on the market right out there later to make us a bunch of money. It is true that we can capture additional equity through the process. Oh, 100%. Number of days, fewer days on market that captures equity, saves equity. Yeah. You know, because we, we've kind of looked on the front end, what we think it will, the amount of time we think it'll do, but quicker we go. Same thing with time in a rehab. Yeah, for sure. For Same sure. thing with how quickly we get our information out on owner finance deeds. Oh yeah. You know, for sure. Uh, for sure. Interest on the underlying mortgage we've taken and interest on what we borrowed. Right. All kinds of ways where we capture more equity along the way. In fact, adds up to an additional two grand on your deal. Yep. No times one a month. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that, that pays for our watches, yeah. which is good. So let's identify when this begins. In my opinion, the, the fulfillment breakdown starts for one person at one deal a month. So at one deal a month plus, you start to have friction between your ability to continue buying and safely and effectively fulfill the process to get things to market and through the closing process on the sale. And so it's like, well, what do you do about that? Well, the first thing, in my opinion, that you need to do is to get rid of the personal aspects of your life that you don't enjoy. So I've talked about this before, but it's like, for me, I'm not going to mow the grass. They always said like, oh, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy mowing grass and doing gardening whenever it's your home. That's a lie. At least it has been for me. So like, I'm not going to mow the grass. We don't go grocery shopping, really. You know, like we're going to have Instacart. We try to cook for health reasons, but you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. But what you're doing is you're buying your time back so that you can go back into the business. Okay. And then what I would submit to you is in terms of your first hire, you need to hire for your greatest weakness. So that's going to be different for everyone. And one of the things that we don't agree with in terms of the training, the education that we do is a one size fits all approach because everybody's different. Everybody has a different starting point. Everybody has a different ending point. Everybody has a different goal, right? And different backgrounds, strengths and weaknesses. And so if that's the case, we can't say your, your first hire needs to be a bookkeeper. That probably would have been the best thing for me, you know, like manage the notes, you know, be able to do a, a little bit of fulfillment on the contractor side, you know, go and get utilities turned on, that kind of thing. Like that's such a time suck. All that stuff is such a time suck. You know, so somebody like that would be good for me. We do have people in the program. They really need to hire for acquisitions because they do not enjoy it. But it's so funny. Some of the best people in acquisitions now that I'd, I'd say are, are on par with what we do as a company, they started off not liking, you know, like Will Cannon, for example, who's doing his support call here at 30 minutes. You know, I think you guys can look in the Facebook group. I on support calls was like, we'll go buy this. Yeah, but you know, there, no, 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 it's good enough. We'll go buy it. Give me a selfie in front of the house whenever you do. So there, there's two times when like he, he looks uncomfortable as hell, but he, he has his phone out. He's like doing the selfie with the contract, you know? And I was like, this is the best, Yeah, you know? Well, I mean, uh, let that be like a clue to you. What you dislike the most does not necessarily mean right away that it's what you do not need to lean in on the most. Yeah. I mean, you pass things to other people because it's not your best use of your time, but you also know what you're passing to someone else. Yeah. Well, we know every part of this. You don't pitch it to someone else without knowing it first. Cause if you do, if you're not scaling it first in yourself, you can't scale it to somebody else. That's right. And I see that as being a, a major problem when people are like, well, I haven't, I don't really know the script. 
I'm not keeping frame on my calls. Let me hire that out. It's like, you can't train it if you don't know it. That's right. You know, it's like, we can help you to a point, mm -hmm. but it, it's a tough position to be in when you're, you're trusting other people to like take the football and run with it. And, and you don't know the rules of the game. Right. So that's kind of that. Anything else for you, Tony? I don't think so, man. Yeah. Uh, headed to the gym. We got Tyler Kimbrell coming in a little bit later. Okay. Tyler K. Man, I tell you, you talk about somebody just quietly. Yeah. He's just doing his He's thing. just stale. Yeah. He quietly does his stuff. The next thing you know, you know, you have to add, you have to make him give you numbers. Mm -hmm. I like that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot, we got a lot of Tyler's in the group. Yeah. Everybody is a little different. We, we don't have a lot of showboats. we got maybe a couple. <laughs> but uh, hey, everybody run their own. They line up the party too. Yeah, that, we, we got to have them too. We got to have them too. Guys, appreciate y'all being with us. Hope it was helpful. We'll see you guys next week.